ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus. You are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, J.C. John Coleman. Dio, what is poppin'? J.C., I feel like the world is going 100,000 miles an hour, and you and I are just holding on. I mean, technically it is. The Earth does move through the vastness of space, I think, at like 75,000 miles an hour. It's something crazy like that. Yes, you have must have uh, just gone on some kind of a NASA tour of Kennedy Space Center. I just scroll all the way to the right on those Netflix and Amazon Prime documentaries. Okay, good for you. Yeah. What's all the way to the right when you scroll? Like past all like the um, algorithmic shit and like, you know, the deep end of the pool. Like the stuff that, you know, below the fold, shall we say. Okay, so I can watch Netflix and I can read Netflix? I'm no, so no, confused. it's like below the fold. Like, you know, past, they like, put all the popular stuff up front because people get tired of scrolling. But if you scroll all the way down, okay, then you get to the funky shit. The shit that you didn't even know was on Amazon Prime or Netflix. Oh, you're watching those types of documentaries. Yeah, on, uh, ah, I see. I scroll all the way to the left, or go all the way all down. All the way to the bottom. Yeah. That's what you mean. Okay, mm-hmm. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't quite. I know your your brains. You got a lot going on up there. Well, I have a lot, and that's what like we have to jump into this. So we are going to be talking about who, and what, and why are Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac right? They have been in the news a ton. Oh, for real? Uh, come on, off oh, real? I'm like, we, yeah, they have been in the news a ton. Just recently, something that I was in D.C. advocating for happened, meaning we were able to prevent a certain loan level pricing adjustment to be assessed to a certain borrower characteristic, one that was tied to their debt-to-income ratio. Mm-hmm. Would have been very bad for the consumer. It would have been very bad for banks. It would have been very bad for lenders. It would have been. like mm-hmm. It would have been, like my words, disastrous. And the FHFA stood up and said, we're not going to enact that change. But we also know that Fannie and Freddie were in the news because of loan level pricing adjustments for something totally different. And we discussed that mm-hmm. on, a, on a recent episode. So today I want to come back, kind of wrap up that particular uh, topic. But I want to get into like, who is Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac? Why are they here? How long have they been here? What is their mission? Right? Because if every Tom, Dick, or Harry is going to be talking about Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac like they know them. Might as well get to know them. Yes, let's introduce them. Every mortgage lender, mortgage professional, they should know them. Real estate professionals should know them. So let's make another episode for the American populace where we're teaching mm-hmm. just a, a who and why as it pertains to Fannie and Freddie. It should not be that long of an episode. Okay. Right? But we do have to just talk about what's in front of you and I right now. We have a lot going on, and our hardcore T-loppers are going to want to know about this. Mm-hmm. So, a lot going on right now. You have been working hardcore behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give some shout-outs, okay? I'm going to give a shout-out right now to Patrick O'Shea with Edge Home Finance. Patrick found Mark Holmes yep. at the Growth Only event, which was called GrowthCon, held last month in Chicago. Shout out to Justin. Shout out to Amir. Shout out to our friends over to Growth Only Coaching. If you're a top-tier mortgage sales professional looking for some amazing coaching, check out Growth Only Coaching. But no, Patrick O'Shea with Edge Home Finance, he is a Grammy Award winner. What? Yes, he has a Grammy. Um, for uh, He's in reggae band. Oh, shit. And the reggae band he was in, instrument that he played, Won a Grammy. There you go. But uh, no, uh, Mark wanted me to make sure um, we gave him a shout out because he did connect with Mark at that event. And um, another shout out that you might not know this person very well, but there's this gentleman that I've been a business partner with for the past, let's say, two plus years. His name is John Coleman. 
Here's what I realized, JC. You were on vacation, what, four days? Yeah. You and wifey went out to Arizona, college graduation, hit mm -hmm. up Sedona, did some fun shit. I have realized how much you've been working behind the scenes and not telling me. And I know you did it on purpose. You have purposefully been shielding me from things that you probably knew would like, you know, set me off, annoy me, yeah. but it has not gone unnoticed, especially as we have become more intentional. You know, we hired Nikki Ray. She is our VP of sales, mm -hmm. outreach, events, hired Mark Holmes, VP of platinum partnerships and VP of operations. Yep. And we're actually taking TLOP Entertainment it's a real thing into, now. yeah, it's like a real thing now, <laughs> yeah. right? But with that comes running a business. And what I never gave you enough credit for is I gave you credit for being good looking, funny, cool, <laughs> hip, great with production. But dude, you've been running the business behind the scenes quietly. So I want to say thank, oh, thank you. Yeah, you are my you are my my shout out. You and Patrick O'Shea. <laughs> yeah. But I did want to shout you out because it it has gone unnoticed and unmentioned. And now that I've been peeking behind the curtains, you're like holy shit. I'm like holy shit. JC's been literally doing some heavy lifting behind the scenes. Um. So thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for that. And now I can't wait to let Mark yeah. take what you started yeah. and Snow really plow. run with yeah. it. Yeah. And then allow Nikki to take all of the ideas mm -hmm. that we have had and actually execute on them. Some of those ideas. Y'all, if you've been looking for branch manager in a box, yep. that is what TLOP Online is right now. <laughs> TLOPonline.com is our website. It is currently built specifically for mortgage sales professionals. It is branch manager in a box. If you become a premium plus member of the website, you're going to get two coaching calls. You're going to have access to discounts, like over five grand worth of discounts. Say what? Yes, to like companies like we have verbal commitments from like Xenix, from like MBS Ooh. Highway, from Knowledge Coop, Hold on. from uh, Growth Only Coaching, from Renee Rodriguez's Amplify, from Monitor Holy Base, shit. from Chris Johnstone who's been on the show uh, in his company Connections Inc. But wait, like, there's more. Oh, but wait, there's more. <laughs> and, and I can't list them all right now. And, and, and we're currently behind the scenes like turning a verbal commitment into an actual commitment. But they're committing to our audience that they're going to offer them enterprise discounts on their products and service. So if you are a Platinum Plus member, you are going to get the coaching, all of the Platinum mm. Premium content. You and I are going to continue mm -hmm. to update the website every single month with more training videos, with more resources, with more guides, right? Mm -hmm. And we're gonna get in the studio and we're gonna make the production quality better. Yep. There's already hundreds of videos on there, but now we're gonna and make it better. How about this? If you're a Platinum Plus member, you have access to our community message boards. Think Reddit for mortgage sales professionals. Mm -hmm. But all of your CE is going to be covered. Say what? All of the CE you need every year is going to be covered. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. So um, that's been going on behind the scenes. Shout out to you and your team because you're doing it. We expect TLOP Online V2 to be launched by next month. Mm -hmm. We're recording this in May. We expect by June you're going to be able to go on and see a much improved version of our website and shout out to our friends over at knowledge coop right because knowledge coop is partnering with us uh knowledge coop is is gonna um allow us to offer the ce through a partnership with knowledge coop but they've gone one step further wait they've gone one step further if anyone's looking to actually take their 20-hour course they will give a discount to all t-loppers yo what t-l-o-p-1-0 that's the code T-L-O-P-1-0, T-L-O-P-10 is the code, and they're giving a discount on their 20-hour course. Damn, how good is that? And you don't need to be a platinum. 
Right. You literally can listen to this episode. And just go hop out. Hop and, out. and go get your, your 20 hours. So anyhow, that's the business we have going on. So let's jump into Fannie and Freddie really quick. Damn. Right? Just yeah, like that. But Fannie and Freddie, how are we on time right now? 15 minutes. Hey, I can do it in 15 minutes. Quasi-government agencies that are in conservatorship that were put in place by the government to prevent the collapse of homes. So I'm really impressed. Many people don't know that you're not reading that. I'm not. You literally are parroting what you have heard over the past three years on shows like this. Yes, correct. Okay, so Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Like, what are they? Yes, they are a quasi-government agency, right? That means they were a privately held company where you could purchase stock in them. Mm -hmm but they were backed by the U.S. government or they were formed by the U.S. government. Eventually, after 2008, they were taken over by the U.S. government. That's the word conservatorship. Okay, but why did they come about? When did they come about? Let's start with the when. Mm -hmm. Fannie Mae came about four years after FHA, right? So FHA came about first, and that was in 1934. Damn. Yep, by 1938, the government still wanted to promote home ownership. In the U.S., well, how do you promote homeownership? You have to make homeownership more accessible. How do you make it more accessible? Offer better lending terms. What are better lending terms? Lower down payments and lower payments. How do you uh, offer lower payments? Well, allow someone to finance over 15, 20, or 30 years and not 5, 7, or 10 years. Right? Allow people to put 5 or 10% down and not 30 or 50% down. Because prior to FHA and then Fannie Mae, if you wanted to buy a home, you probably paid cash or you saved up a large down payment, such as 40, 50%, mm. and you financed the rest of the money at your local bank probably over three, five, up to 10 years. Think of an auto loan today. Think of an RV loan today, right? So what did Fannie do? Well, Fannie came in and they created liquidity or gave access to liquidity for a home buyer to purchase a home at a payment that was affordable by extending that payment 15, 20, or 30 years and at down payments that were more reasonable, not requiring someone to put 30, 40, or 50% down, allowing them to do 5, 10, or 20% down. But you can't get a loan from Fannie Mae. You have to get a loan from your bank. So really the liquidity was offered to the banks, right? So the federal government said, let's create this institution. Let's make it a private entity, but created by the government. And private, if you're not watching on YouTube, I used air quotes right mm -hmm. now. And then let's allow banks to go lend money to the consumer following our guidelines, our rules, our regulations. And then the banks can sell us that paper. So essentially, we are going to make the banks whole. The banks went out and the banks created uh, the loan, they funded the loan, but then the bank doesn't want to hold on to that paper. The bank wants to sell that paper to recoup the money they lent, plus maybe a small profit, and the banks just want to rinse and repeat. And that is essentially what Fannie Mae was set up to do back in 1938. It was set up to offer liquidity to banks so that banks would want to go out and lend money under more favorable terms. Cool. And then somewhere along the lines, let's say, I don't know, 32 years later, 1970, Freddie Mac was formed. The reason why Freddie Mac was formed is because Fannie Mae didn't have any competition. And we have learned in life and in business, competition is good. It is warranted. 
It is um, sometimes even required, right? That's why we have monopoly laws here in the U.S., mm -hmm. where the US, U.S. government will outlaw a monopoly. So Freddie Mac was, was formed, and for the most part, Fannie and Freddie were known as brother and sister. Brother and sister who competed. They competed for mom and dad's affection. They competed uh, for all the same awards at school. They competed for friends. Whatever siblings would compete for, Fannie and Freddie were competing for. They were competing for business. They operated very much the same, but they had their, their various quirks. That was life. Now we had two liquidity facilities for banks to sell into. Because an FHA loan and a VA loan, by the way, both those programs were successful. That's why Fannie and Freddie were created. But they are true government institutions, right? It's Fannie, it's Freddie, that's a quasi-government. FHA, VA, USDA, if it ends in A, we know it's a government loan. We teach that to our mortgage professionals. Then we needed something else. So that's what Fannie and Freddie were. They were liquidity facilities. Banks sell their loans to Fannie and Freddie. You as a consumer cannot go out and get a loan from Fannie and Freddie, just like you can't make your payments to Fannie and Freddie. All Fannie and Freddie do is they purchase the paper. They reimburse the banks and then Fannie and Freddie does something with those loans and they typically package them. They package them, they turn them into a bond or mortgage-backed security. Then they sell off those bonds to bond holders, bond traders, right? There are various investors out there who like to purchase bonds, life insurance companies, pensions, because a bond tends to be considered a safe investment one in which gives a small but predictable rate of return. That's what they were. And then in 2008 happened, and Fannie and Freddie dealt with massive losses. Loans that they had purchased were going bad. The assets that were collateralized on those loans were going down in value, right? So a home that was worth 300 grand is now worth 150 and the borrower on that note isn't paying. Well, that's a bad thing. Fannie and Freddie basically went bankrupt. They went bankrupt, so the federal government stepped in. When the federal government stepped in, it went into conservatorship. Now, all of a sudden, it has become a true government entity. That's what Fannie and Freddie are. And what Fannie and Freddie needed to do was raise money. So up until 2008, there never were things such as loan level pricing adjustments. There was something called G fees, right? And that's a whole nother topic. But the loan level pricing adjustment, the you pay a higher interest rate or higher fees if your credit score, credit score is 680 versus 740 didn't really exist. Well, now it's starting to exist. And why were they doing it? Well, ultimately, most politicians agreed, most taxpayers agreed, we don't need Fannie and Freddie to be all-in government entities. We need to raise the funds necessary to make them solvent, to, to have reserve assets so they can operate as their own entities. In fact, certain shareholders of Fannie Mae stock have been suing the U.S. government to release them from, from conservatorship, right? Because there's individuals who owned stock in Fannie Mae. John, you're looking at someone who owned stock in Fannie Mae. Currently, I've lost my rear end on the stock that I purchased in Fannie Mae because I made a big bet that Fannie and Freddie would be out of conservatorship by now. And they're not. But let's talk about this before we have to run. What would happen if we didn't have Fannie and Freddie? There wouldn't be no such thing as a 30-year fixed mortgage. Correct. Correct. 
that means we've probably talked about this topic once or twice or 17 times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like that's what people don't understand. Without Fannie and Freddie, there is no 30-year fixed instrument or 20-year fixed instrument. Maybe you'd find a 15-year. Right? There was a time when Fannie and Freddie were purchasing one-third of the mortgages. Well, that's not the case anymore. Right now, over 80, if not 90% of the loans are backed by either Fannie, Freddie, or Jenny May, and Jenny May is VA loans, USDA loans, and FHA loans, right? So the private market hasn't returned since 2008. We're going on 15 years, right? 15 years, there hasn't been really a private market, and there's really been no, no one raising their hand saying, yeah, we want to come in, and we want to create these bonds. We want to buy this paper from banks, mm -hmm. and then we want to issue these mortgage-backed securities in the secondary market. So we've been reliant on Fannie and Freddie. Without Fannie and Freddie, we wouldn't have three and 5% down payment options. Without Fannie and Freddie, we wouldn't have, now you would, you would still have FHA and VA, but they, FHA and VA have limits, mm -hmm. right? VA is only for active military or qualified veterans. FHA is only for people who are buying a primary home and it has loan limit caps. So you have to have, this is the maximum we're willing to, to, to lend you. Fannie and Freddie came in and said, well, we'll have higher loan limits than FHA and we'll allow people to buy a vacation home and we'll allow people to buy a, uh, an investment property. FHA doesn't allow for that. Okay, but what FHA does allow for is for people to put 5% down or 3% down or 10% or down, um, Fannie and Freddie do. If you didn't have Fannie and Freddie, I don't know if JP Morgan or Wells Fargo or US Bank or Citibank or Morgan Stanley would be raising their hands saying, hey guys, yeah, let's go do a bunch of 30-year uh, fixed loans with five or 10% down, like for a 700 credit score. They'd be like, uh, no, let's go do some 10% down loans for anyone with a credit score over 760. And if your credit score is not 760, they need to put 15% down, 20% down, 25% down, and by the way, I can't hedge for a 30-year note sitting on my books, so we're not doing any long-term lending. We're only going to allow for adjustable rate mortgages. That means I'll fix in your rate for three, five, or seven years, but after three, five, or seven years, your rate will adjust based on current market conditions. By the way, that's how it's done in Canada. That's how it's done in Australia. That's how it's done in the UK. Right? So common primarily English-speaking countries with economies similar to ours, they don't offer what we offer because they don't have Fannie and Freddie. Which one is better? Is Fannie better than Freddie? Tomato, tomato. Which kid do you love more? Depends on the day. That's the answer, John. I know you don't have children. It depends on the day. Okay. I love them both equally, but there's some days I like one over the other. Is it because they just offer better something? Yeah, they have different quirks. Okay. They, they have different quirks. Um, and those quirks change from quarter to quarter, year to year. But, um, you know, they, they try to stay very similar and they've become more similar over the past three years than they were the previous 30 years. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. without geeking out, yeah. they're 98 percent the same. What's it? Does it stand for anything like Fannie Mae? Does that stand for like where do they come up with the name Fannie Mae? Yeah, it's F-N-M-A and it's and Freddie's actually like the federal home loan. Oh, okay. Corporation. So it does stand for yes. that. Okay, okay. Yes, they're acronyms. Okay, thank like, you. Like, we know them as Fannie, F-A-N-N-I-E, yeah, yeah, yeah. but no, it's F-N-M-A, Federal National Mortgage. No yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, that's... That's th the final Jeopardy question, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so that is, 
what Fanny's acronym is and Freddie. They they are acronyms that we have turned into okay. words. Now that you've explained it, do you ever see a future where one of these institutions goes away completely? Like, hey, we don't need you, Freddie, or we don't need you, Fanny. We're just going to hang out with one, or well, will they merge? You know, it's interesting. Tongue in cheek, when friends of mine throughout the industry, or not even in the in the industry wanted to get all up in arms because Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were changing their LLPAs, mm -hmm. right? Their loan level pricing adjustments. They were basically, by the way, the more I think about this, you know what they were saying? Hey, look, if you put less than 20% down, we have mortgage insurance on that loan. Meaning there's an insurance policy that's gonna protect us if you go into default. Mm -hmm. I probably don't need to penalize you the way that I've been penalizing you the past 15 years because I'm now realizing that mm, you have mortgage insurance. But if you put 20% down, I've been giving you all these benefits, but it just dawned on me that you no longer have mortgage insurance. Should I really be giving you all of these benefits? And then there's the whole adage of, well, why do we even have LOPAs? We never had them in prior 2008. And no one wants to raise their hand and say, well, we really assess these extra fees because we had to raise money so that if another 2008 ever happened, we wouldn't bankrupt Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. We wouldn't need taxpayers to bail us out. So me tongue in cheek, love to tell people who get very strongly opinionated one direction or the other, you know what? Yeah. Why are we relying on the U.S. government to help millions of Americans generate massive amounts of wealth on the back of American taxpayers? We shouldn't do that. We should be a free market society, right? That's a little bit tongue in cheek because without Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, would we really have the highest percentage of home ownership? Would we really have helped millions of Americans generate generational wealth or create generational wealth through home ownership? Or would the rich become super rich mm -hmm. and the middle class get pushed down to lower middle class without having this liquidity facility, without having this particular quasi-government agency raising their hands and promoting home ownership by creating lower payments through 30-year fixed loans, as well as low down payment options that more than likely would not have been made available had we just relied on banks and not offered this liquidity facility. Now, how Fannie and Freddie are run, how they're funded, how they operate, I'm sure everyone has an opinion. And as you know, opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one and they stink. They and stink. they stink, yes, <laughs> right? And then, but there are people who have more educated, right? Like the, the, to, to quote Colin Powell, in my humble experience, there are many people like David Stevens, a mentor of mine and a big name in the mortgage industry. David Stevens has some very strong opinions based on experience. We should listen to people like David Stevens. Right. And there's other people like David all throughout the country who have experience and they could argue the pros and the cons of how do we fund Fannie and Freddie? Is it good to get them out of conservatorship or is it not good to give them to take them out of conservatorship? Just like look at term limits with our congressmen and women and our senators. Some people could argue why term limits, although they sound great in uh, conversation, might not necessarily play out well, mm -hmm. whereas other people could be staunch advocates for term limits, right? I would rather allow those who are actually in that circle, let them have the debate, let them take the debate to the voter and let us decide based on them debating. When it comes to like the future of Fannie and Freddie and the future of loan level pricing adjustments, what we all do know, we can't operate without them. We do need them. They've been around Fannie Mae going on 100 years. 
right? Freddie Mac, 53 years. We do need them. They do work, right? And one could argue it's probably one of the greatest social experiments to ever transpire in our country. Like you want to talk about socialism, not that this is like giving away free homes because it's not, but it is the government stepping in and creating something that benefits um, the American populace because it allows them to purchase homes that they many, not all, but many otherwise would not have had the ability because they wouldn't have had the down payment necessarily, or they would have had good credit, but not amazing credit, mm -hmm. right? They would have had above average credit, but not, not, not great, you know? And because of that, home ownership would have been just for the elite, just for the upper middle class to upper class. Right. And we would have had maybe a greater amount of um, a wealth gap than we currently do. Mm -hmm. Right, so that's just the, the gist of like who Fannie and Freddie are. You can Google all this, by the way, Yeah. right? Like this is just the world according to me based on my experiences as a 20 year mortgage industry veteran, mm -hmm. knowing a little bit more than the average person as it pertains to lending, not just how to lend, the lending guidelines, but the history behind lending and then what really happens, like what is the secret sauce, yeah. right? No one ever wants to know how sausage is made. They just want to eat sausage. Yeah. What I'm trying to do is introduce you to some of the ingredients of sausage and let you know that we do need Fannie and Freddie. And without them, I don't think that would be any world that many of us would be used to or be willing to move forward in. Two closing comments. Sausage tastes the way it does because of the fennel seed. And it would be great to have Fannie and or Freddie on the show one day. Okay, we'll put it out there. I'm sure we could get someone from Fannie or Freddie on the show. No, just one person named Freddie. Oh, <laughs> that would be even more fun. See, I know. I like See that one. I, <laughs> I like that one. Hey, y'all, thank you very much for tuning in. Please continue to do so. Tell your friends about us, mm -hmm. your colleagues, your coworkers, your college-aged children. We have a lot of fun doing this show. We are on the verge of taking it. Take going big time. Yes, sir. But we will do it with your continued support. His name is John Coleman. My name is Dustin Nolan. That's all the time we have for you for today. We look forward to catching you on the next episode. Peace. All right.